Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. I want us to go to uh, John chapter number two. John chapter number two. We're going to talk about transformation. Um, I know it's encounter week, so I want us to uh, be excited about that. I want everybody to come. How many is going to, you ain't got to raise your hand. Just, just say yes, we'll come. Just come. Just, just come. I know we got registration. I talked about it the other day. We just want to have registration because I got, we, do, this, this is not, we have three services in a week's time, and everybody comes at one time. We're not going to have room for them, so we're at least trying to get registration and see who is here. But, but that's, for, that's for them to worry. That's for, that's for my staff to worry about. You all just come. If we got to Velcro you up on the sound panels up there, I don't care. Let's just get, just, just get you in here, and because I believe God's going to do some great and mighty things, and, and bring somebody with you. The biggest thing is just come. You show up at that door, you're going to get in this building. If you don't, you just say, I need pastor. That's all you got to say. Okay? I'm not like my staff is not even here. I ain't listening to this. So just, just tell them. But if you bring somebody, you know, here, here's, here's a scriptural law. Whatever you make happen for someone else, God will make happen for you. And we forget that sometimes. Whatever we make happen for someone else, we always want it to happen for us. But if we can do something to make it, hear what I said, make it happen for someone else, God will make it happen for you. You have to believe that. If you see someone come and they, they, get, they get born again, God delivers them. God sets them free. You better get ready. God's going to make it happen for you. And so that's what, we're, that's what we're expecting. That's what we're believing. That's what we know that, that God can do and that God, that God will do. Um, everything we do, we do because of the power of the Holy Spirit. How many believes that? We are more spiritual than we are natural. You're, I'm gonna, as, as Christians, let, let me say this as far as, as, far as Christians, you're, 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 you're a lot more where you are. You're more spiritual than you are natural. We're spirit beings, but whenever you become born again, your spirit man wakens up to the things of God, and you're, you're more spiritual than you are natural. And so it's very important we understand that everything we do, we do because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' gift to empower us for this life. That's his gift. He said in John 14, it's expedient, it's, expected, it's, it's important that I go away because if I don't go away, he won't come. But if he comes, he will not only be with you, but he will be in you. He's the gift. He's the gift. So Holy Spirit is here. He's here. And, and, and whenever, you know, when, when Jesus was here on this earth, and we get to John 2 here in a second, but when Jesus was here on this earth, he, he walked with disciples, he talked with disciples, he was with the disciples, but whenever he left, he says, I can't, I can't leave you comfortless. So the Holy Spirit, Holy, he left Holy Spirit here, and he's here, and he does great things. There's three things. This has nothing to do with John 2. I was going to do it at the end, but I feel like doing it right now. There's three things the Holy Spirit will do through you. Everybody says, through me. Number one, he will invade you. I wrote these three things down um, the other day. Actually, I was going to do it Wednesday night. And then Wednesday night went a totally different direction. So, um, so let me finish Wednesday night before I start on Sunday morning. that <laughs> okay? But the Holy Spirit, he will invade you. He will invade you. Never, we, theological terms, we use words. We use, we, use, um, we, you know, we use that he will indwell us. But I like, I like the invasion better. Invade means to enter. That's what that indwelling is, that as a Christian, he will invade you. He will enter you. 
I just happened to look up Webster and see what it says, and it means to invade means to enter as an armed force or as a commander enters a country or a region as to occupy it. That's the, the definition of a Christian is someone in whom the Holy Spirit of God dwells in. And he's there to occupy you. He, he don't come just to, just to pass by. He's like an armed force that comes in and he's, in, he's invaded your life. I mean, glad that God, the Holy Spirit, is in, has invaded your life. And he is still invading your life. He's taking territory. He's invading territory. He's entering in territory. So, so he does that. He, he enters into your life. The next thing he does, this ain't a particular order. I'm just throwing up these three, three words that God, God gave me. He delivers you. He delivers you. That means thankful for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit. He will deliver you. The word deliver means to set you free. To set you free. I told you last week that what we need is deliverance. Whenever we're trying to get away from regression and repression and, 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 and suppression and depression, which the Spirit says come upon the Christian, and we walk in that stuff, and, we're, and we're, we're suppressed by that stuff, we regress because of that stuff, because what the enemy does, the enemy wants you suppressed, God wants you to express. Amen. And whenever you find yourself delivered, that means you're set free. Who delivers you? The Holy Spirit of God. He takes any gifts. The, the, the deliverer, if a deliverer comes to your house, guess what? He can bring something and he can take something. Don't ever forget the Holy Spirit. He, come, he is your deliverer. Oh, hallelujah. I said he's your deliverer. <laughs> he don't come just, just, to, just to bring something. He comes to take something. Boy, when you get when you're walking in deliverance, you're saying, Thank you for what you're giving me, but how about taking some stuff for me? How about taking some regression? How about taking some suppression? How about taking some depression? How about taking this heaviness? How about taking this 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 addiction? How about taking this this problem I have, God? How about take He is your deliverer? Amen. Holy Spirit will invade you, He will deliver you, and He will envelop you. I threw this one in too. Envelop. Develop means to, to completely cover, to completely enclose or surround you. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Well, just so happens, envelop means is, is like an, an envelope. I mean, carry around this in my Bible for a couple of weeks. I'm going to use it today. An envelope. I mean, know what this is. I just told you. What is it? I know we don't use these much anymore, but believe it or not, um, children, we, we used to mail mail with this. Used to pay bills and stuff like this. Put something called a stamp right there. And people's pictures on it and stuff. But this is what, but I got thinking about he, he envelops you. He surrounds you. Holy Spirit, he will, whenever he enters you, whenever he comes in, he, he envelops. That means an envelope. That means he'll put you in here. He just puts you in there. And then like this one right here, I don't know if this is pulled. Yeah, I had to get me another one for the next service. And then he, and then he seals you up. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, whenever you allow the Holy Spirit of God to do what it is he wants to do, he will envelop you. He will seal you up. And here's the part I love. That's when you let go. And he begins to write down directions. Here's where you're going. Here's where I'm going to take you. And I'm going to put a Holy Ghost stamp on that thing. And then he sends you. And he makes sure no matter what, the, the enemy can't see it. The enemy can't steal it. The enemy can't do anything because he envelops you. I mean, it's thankful this morning that you're enveloped by the Holy Spirit of God. That you're going somewhere and you're going somewhere because of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Some of my team don't even forget. I need another envelope next service because I just, I've already sealed this Christian. He's sealed. He's on his way. Amen. We're on our way. So, well, I was going at the end, but I'll know it beginning. So, so one of the things we have to understand that all this has to do with the Holy Spirit of God, and, and we can't do anything without Him. And the one thing we need is the presence of God. Amen. The reason why we have an encounter service is just we have great Wednesday night service. It takes a lot for me to change when things are doing, doing well, but I like to make changes when things are going well. That means you got momentum. But Bishop Kevin Wallace, good friend of mine, will be here Wednesday night. And then, uh, and then Jim Bradley will be here on Thursday night. I want you to be here for both services. I want you to have people here for both services just because we know that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here and things can happen whenever that happens. So with that in mind, I came over to John chapter number 2. Now i got to hurry. And the Bible says, I'm in John chapter 2 verse 1. And the Bible says on the third day, everybody say the third day. See, the Bible means, if it's in the Bible, it means something, Right? I mean, the Bible's not like us. Half of what we say don't mean a hill of beans. When the Bible says something, it means something. On the third day here, basically it means it's Tuesday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Okay, it's Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. It's Tuesday, okay? So it's Tuesday. It's important, to be honest with you, it's Tuesday. It's the third day to the Jewish custom, and we're all about Jewish custom here. Anytime you're dealing with weddings here, and we'll talk about that in a second, it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesdays mean it's three days since, since the Sabbath. The Sabbath for the Jews on a Saturday. Sunday's the first day. Monday's the second day. Tuesday's the third day. Three is very important for them. It's very important because this is a wedding. This is a wedding. This is a wedding that is taking place on a Tuesday. How many people got married on a Tuesday right here? Probably, probably very few. But on a Tuesday, they got married on a Tuesday. See, weddings were very important. Weddings were very important to the Jew. Matter of fact, it's so important, I can't help but think about Mary and Joseph, that whenever they were, they were engaged, they were just engaged. And whenever, you know, the Holy Spirit came into to marriage to find out she was pregnant, Joseph was going to, he was going to cancel the engagement, right? I mean, he was on cancel the engagement. In order to cancel the engagement, he had to write out a certificate. He had to write out, he had, by, by law, he had to write out a form that said, this is why he is breaking off the engagement, because the engagement was very important. That's the only, only point I want to make. So if, if, if the engagement is very important, guess what? The marriage is even more important. And so this is a very important time. This is a very important time that's going on right now. And that, and that this, this a ceremony is, is very important. These things will last anywhere from three to seven days. It's a party. It's a party. It's a party. But this is the day of the wedding. This is the day of the wedding. So on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. So it must have been some, some kind of relative or something that are for Jesus. I don't know. It might not. Might have just been a friend. The Bible doesn't say. Doesn't say. Now, both Jesus and his disciples was invited 
to the wedding. Now let's stop right here in verse 2. Jesus was invited to the party. And Jesus went to the party. Now I like this. I like this. Okay, this morning. Okay, it's, it's a morning. It's Tuesday morning. It's Tuesday morning. It's Tuesday morning. Jesus gets up like he does every day. The disciples are with him and they're getting dressed. Okay, they're going somewhere. And they're like, okay, rabbis are getting dressed. Come on, guys, let's go. Get ready to go somewhere. They figure we're going to the synagogue. We're going to the synagogue. I don't know why we're going to the synagogue on Tuesday, but sometimes, you know, he's the Lord. He likes to go to the synagogue. He's going to the synagogue. Or maybe he got some kind of fresh revelation from the Father. So maybe he's going to a grassy knoll somewhere. Maybe he's going to speak to the people and, and to impart some wisdom he got from the Father over the night. I don't know where we're going. Nobody really wants to ask. They just get ready. They're ready whenever he gets to the door. So they're going out the door. They're heading down the road. And finally somebody, I don't know who, the Bible doesn't say. Somebody says, hey, Jesus, where are we going? And Jesus says, we're going to a party. They're like, well, all right. Okay, here we go. We're going to a party. Whose party? We're going to the party down here at the wedding. We're going to the wedding party. They're like, all right. We're going to the wedding party. So everybody's, everybody's excited. They're going to the wedding party. And so they go up and they show up at the wedding party. Now, the, now, now I want you to understand here that whenever you get to a wedding party, just like most weddings even today, there's different, you know, there, there's, there's, there's seating there. And we're talking about the wedding party here. This is now the party after the wedding. The wedding has been done. And so now this is the, this is the reception here. This is the celebration. Everything is great. And at the front is, is, is very important people, as I said, at the front, you know, probably people in the wedding, you know, right, the best man and the maid of honor and all this kind of stuff or, you know, and, and in this case here, we know that the master of the ceremony is here. We know the dignitaries is here. The governor is here. Remember, I told you this is a big deal. I mean, anyway, and this is a, these, these, these people always some big deal. And there's a lot of people that are there, and they're all sitting in front. But Jesus ain't sitting in the front where the dignitaries are. Jesus is sitting amongst the ordinary people. He's an ordinary people. He's just there. He's just there. He's just, he's just hanging out. He's there. He's there wherever the ordinary peop, people, people are. And, and he just, you know, he's not up there with the governor. He's not there with the dignitaries. He's there with the ordinary people. I want you to know you can be in the presence of God and not get the benefits of God until circumstances arise that only God can handle. These people was in the presence of Jesus, and they didn't know it. They didn't care to know it. Because he wasn't at the dignitary table. He went up there where all the important people are. But sometimes, and I mean most of the time, how many, let me go ahead and say every single time, Jesus is always there. How many know that Jesus goes to your parties? Mm -hmm. My grandma used to say, son, don't go nowhere. You don't want me to go with Jesus is there because he'll be there. Don't be doing anything you don't want to be doing if you don't want me doing it when Jesus is there because he's going to be right there. Don't you be saying anything you don't want to be saying. So Jesus be standing right there because he's going to be standing right there. I'm like, okay, I'll just stay home because you just completely destroyed my evening. But how many know Jesus is there? He's there. He's at the wedding. He's at the party. He's not at the front. He's not out there where the dignitaries are. He's not up there beside the governor. He's not up there because he's not that big of a deal. Because most of the time, if we don't need him, we don't pay him any mind. 
We don't need him right now. We don't acknowledge him. We don't look his way. There's nothing. We're at a wedding. He's there. I mean, man, you can come to church, and we might not even acknowledge him. We might not even need him because, be honest with you, Jesus, just sit amongst the common folks. Just sit among the people. We got the, I mean, we got the singers. We got the musicians. We got the pastor. We got everybody else. We good, Jesus. We all right. We don't need you. We, 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 we matter of fact, we ain't even acknowledging you right now. Unless a circumstances comes up that only Jesus can handle. And sometimes Jesus will manipulate a situation to make a situation arise that you need him to handle it. And this is pretty much what's getting ready to happen here. You haven't paid him any attention, even though he has been in the room the whole time. No one is praying. No one is seeking worship at this party. But he always knows how to get your attention. I mean, they're not praying. This isn't a spiritual move. This is just a party. This is a party. This is a, I mean, it's spiritual because it's a wedding. But, but I mean, nobody's singing. Nobody's preaching. Nobody's doing anything. But Jesus knows how to get their attention. And we don't know that Jesus is there and we don't care if Jesus is there until we run out of wine. This is in your Bible. I mean, so the Bible says now in verse 3, and when they ran out of wine, they ran out of wine. They had a party and they ran out out of wine. I want you to understand something. That wine in the Bible means sustainable joy. The party without wine will always come. Because the devil will allow you to party until the sustainable wine runs out. Wine in the Bible is sustainable wine. We partying. We fooling around. We living however we want to live. We're doing however we want to do. We're watching whatever we want to watch. We're thinking we come to church we want to. We acknowledge God we want to. To be honest with you, everything's good because the wine is still there. But you got to understand something about the enemy. He can he can lie to you. He can he can misconceive you. One thing he does not have is sustainable joy. And I want you to know, you know the story, but let me go ahead and say this. The devil always sells or puts out his best wine first. Come on, sinners. Saved by grace. Come on, we know when we started out, man, this stuff is good. Man, this sex is good. Man, this alcohol is good. Man, this reefer is good. Man, this partying is good. Why is it so good? Because the devil puts out the best wine first, and then once he realizes that you're hooked on that thing, he starts throwing all the other junk out there. It's not so, I, I know you think it's joy, but it's not so sustainable joy the only sustainable joy you get doesn't come from the devil it comes from God it doesn't come from a reefer it doesn't come from a crack cocaine it doesn't come from pornography it doesn't come from lying cheating and stealing it's joy but it's not sustainable joy and it will run out 
The fornication is good until it runs out, until the joy runs out. The, the affair is interested until the joy runs out. The, the getting high on weekends is fun until, the, until you're addicted, and then the joy runs out. I mean, drink a little Budweiser or a little wine for your body's sake on a, you know, whatever, with your skeddy and all that kind of stuff. It's fine until you got to have it on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and all over again because you have to understand everybody's partying, everybody's good, nobody's paying Jesus in mind. Nobody's even acknowledging he's in the room until the joy runs out. We in a mess. We've been playing. We've been partying. We've been hanging out with everybody and, and it's all been good. It's all been fun but I mean, we were drinking the wine of this world. We were, I mean, we just been having our own, our own way. We've been having our own time. But I'm here to tell you, the devil, man, he always sells the best first, but it's always going to run out. There's some people that are here this morning just because you want to be at church. And there's some people I'm speaking to today, your wine has run out. There's no more joy in what you do. There's no more joy because only so much money. You can make all the money, but it's not sustainable joy. You can walk away from God and live the life you want to live. And it might be good wine to start off with, but it's not sustainable joy. No matter what you're doing without God, it might bring some, 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 a little bit of ecstasy at the very beginning. But I'm here to tell you, the wine is going to run out. The world's in love with itself. They're enamored right now. Having the time of their life. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is there. And he's, he's just waiting. Want to know why? Because the wine's going to run out. And they don't acknowledge him right now. But they will. Is everybody with me? Verse 3. And when they ran out of wine the mother of Jesus said to him they have no wine and Jesus says to her woman what does your concern have to do with me my hour has not yet come no words let me, let me paraphrase this whole thing. Boy, this, this little verse here is loaded. Really what he's saying, I can break it down so many different ways, but here, here's the way I, I, want, I want to say it because this is the end result, what it means. What, what you're saying is, Mom, what it is you want me to get ready, get, what, you want me to, what you're saying for me to do is get ready to transform everything. It's going to change everything. How many is ready for Jesus to do something that's going to transform everything, change everything? I told this day transformation. You want to know why? Transformation. Transformation just simply means a dramatic change. 
How many is ready for a dramatic change? A dramatic change in your life, a dramatic change in your mind, a dramatic change in your relationship, a dramatic change in your family, a dramatic change in your business, a dramatic change in your church. And she turns, and she, and she, and she turns, and he says that. Now, now, I, I, I love this. And the woman, she said, well, what is, what is concerning? His mother said to the servants, I love this in verse 5, whatever he says to you to do, do it. To the servants, not to the dignitaries, not to the master of ceremonies, to the servants. You better watch the Bible. It's amazing what God, God doesn't speak to the people you think he speaks to. He speaks to the people you least think. It's the servants that are there. They're the ones that's freaking out. We have nothing. We have no wine. And Mary says, oh, things are getting ready to change. I know the sustainable joy has been ripped out of this party, but things are getting ready to change. I know the world thought they were on the right. There's a way that seems right to the man, but the end thereof is destruction. But things are getting ready to change. How does she know? At this particular point, this is John chapter 2, Jesus has not performed one miracle. All he done has been building tables, building houses, being a nice guy, being a pretty good, being a great rabbi, been going to school. He knows all kinds of things, but he really hasn't done anything to bring any radical change but she looks at the service and she says whatever he says for you to do do it you want to know why because 30 years before that she got a word everybody say a word she got a word for a son she got a word for a child she got a word about a situation i know it's been 30 years i didn't say 30 minutes i didn't say 30 days i didn't say 30 months i said it's been 30 years and she says the word is getting ready to come to pass because god's word will not return void it's going to do what what it says going to do. This chick has been hanging on to a word concerning her son that something is going to happen to cause them to acknowledge who he is. It might take 30 years, but the wine is going to run out. And the only one that can bring sustainable joy is the one that a heavenly angel told me, Hey, Mary, that which you are pregnant with is not of this world. It's been conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. He shall save this world from their sins. Watch it. Some of you right now are sitting on a word and the devil's trying to steal it. Some of you received a word about your child, about your marriage, about your business, about your mind, about generational curses, about whether or not God's going to heal you enough. I'm here to tell you right now, you better hang on to it because who, he who has the ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And whenever he says it and whenever you hear it, you're going to say it's time to do it. It's time for the transformation. You know what I'm believing for this encounter? This encounter needs a transformation. Every encounter that we have from God needs to be in transformation. Mm. And so Jesus, watch this. So Jesus looks over there and there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. That's a that's about 150 gallons that can be housed with something in those containers. Now, this don't mean nothing to you, but, but water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, says a lot to me. That means these are the water pots that are used at the temple. Obviously, they're outside of a synagogue. They just had 
a wedding. Obviously, the wedding was at the synagogue. And Jesus says, there's six water pots over there. These water pots are used for the matter of the purification of the Jews. These are what all these fine folks, when they come into the synagogue, there's water in there. And they take the water and they purify themselves with it. They wash themselves with it. They cleanse themselves. That's all they do. It's just water. And they'll come in and they'll wash themselves, wash their feet. And they'll go in and they'll sit down. Act like they haven't done nothing. Act like they don't need nothing. Act like they're not full of pride. Act like they're not full of envy. Act like they're not full of selflessness. Act like they haven't been fornicating. Act like they haven't been committed. Act like they haven't been doing everything outside the realm. They, because they've been touched. Because they've been touched by the purification of this water. And they come and they sit down. And Jesus is looking around and having no one. He says, bring me those pots. Bring me them old pots. Because I'm getting And they brought the old pots. And look in the pots. He says, oh, there's the water in it. He says, I want you to fill them, that water full of, all the way up to the brim. I want you to fill it full. I want you to fill it full of everything that I can't need. I don't need. I want you to fill it full of stuff that don't mean a hill of beans to me. Because in this circumstance, that's what water is to him. Fill it full. Fill it full. Fill it full of because it represents your envy, your pride, your sin, your selfishness, everything. He says, it's, it's full. I want, just, just bring it to me. Bring me them old pots. How many know sometimes old pots need something new to happen to it? Hmm? See, to me, these old pots represents religion that hangs out at the church. This is what we do. This is all we ever do. This is all we ever be good for. We're just good for this one thing. We have water. You can, you can wash yourself. You can purify yourself with it. Make you, feel, make you feel better about yourself. I mean, that's all we're really about. Right? This self-humanistic theology, which we're walking under now. We just want something to make us feel better. We don't have to be better. Just make me feel better about myself. He says, bring that to me. Now, if he would have said, bring me six pots full of grapes, I mean, that's just a cool story too. But he took these six pots full of grapes and he turned into wine. Well, that makes sense. I mean, how he did it. But he did it. I mean, they were grapes under wine. This is water. There are no corresponding agents. There's no correspondent Consistency or anything having to do with water that has to do with wine. He says, I want you, he's talking to the servants. Not the dignitaries, to the servants. He says, I want you to take this water and pour it into these vessels, from those vessels, from the church, and pour it in these wedding vessels and go serve it to them. And they did, right? What happened? So let's read it. And Jesus said, fill the water, fill the pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. Fill it full. Fill it full. Fill it full. Fill it full. He's saying, now it's time to give the world what they are missing. So make sure you fill it full. They're not missing water. They're missing the wine. The world is missing sustainable joy, not happiness. We know how to make ourselves happy. We need 
unsustainable joy. And he said to them, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Here's the whole thing. You, gotta, you can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. So in their presence, in Jesus' presence, what happened? What caused the transformation of a pot full of water? So you're going to miss this if you don't watch me. What caused the transformation of water being turned into wine? When they poured it from that pot into those vessels that they're going to take out and serve with. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. These ain't no junk. These are not Dixie cups here. These are the nice stuff. I mean, they, they rented this stuff. This, this is nice stuff. Jesus was standing there. And in his presence, that's all we can find. In his presence, the water transformed into wine the crowd went crazy we don't get it you want a transformation all he needed to turn water to transform into wine sustainable joy is his presence when it came out of that water pot and went in those pictures it came into an atmosphere where his presence was and there's no other sense and it began to change you know how we get transformation we get into his presence. Come on, highest praise. No, I'm going down to church. I got some problems going on with my family. I need to get it fixed. Honey, without his presence, you're going to come in as water, you're going to leave as water. Jesus can turn worthless into expensive. How many know water is worthless? Be honest with you, but wine is expensive. Come on, you sipping saints, help me out here. It's expensive, isn't it? I don't know. Water is weak, wine is strong. Water is cheap, wine is expensive. Water is tasteless. But wine is intoxicating. What can turn one substance that is worthless and tasteless into a substance that is expensive and intoxicating? The only thing I can find is his presence. No, we just want a little bit of church. We want you to sing us some songs. We want us to pat us on the back. And we want you to make us feel good about ourselves. You're not going to be transformed. You're going to leave here. You're just an old pot. You came in here an old pot full of water. You're going to leave here an old pot full of water. But I got a bunch of churches that's going to come today. And nothing but a bunch of old pots coming in full of water. And they're going to leave a bunch of old pots full of water. But Jesus says, I'm ready to change these old pots that are full of water. I'm ready to transform them. But what you need to transform. 
performing is his presence. Boy, I'm not done. See, Matt, Roddy, we can sing. You can sing. But that won't change you. They're awesome. They're great. I mean, just the greatest. I can come in here and articulate words. I can read this. You can clap. You can stand up and egg me on. It might make you feel better about yourself. But the only thing that's going to transform you, if God used me as a gate to pour out something from me to you, if his presence is in here, you're going to be transformed. There's going to be a dramatic change. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what level that you place your sin at. If what comes out of us can get to you and in between us and you is the presence of God, I'm here to tell you, he's going to turn your water into wine. And what you cannot have that is sustainable is getting ready. See, revival's not because we feel better. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of that. I hope this week is good because I'm, I'm, I'm getting about sick of getting together and everybody leaving the exact same way we've watched become. It causing us a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of work. I want something sustainable. I want water turned into wine. Come on, church. I want water. And we got to come in here. We got to come in here with it. We got to come, not towards the bottom. I'm going to give Jesus a little bit of what I'm dealing with. He says, bring me everything you're dealing with. I want it to the top. I want it to the brim. I can't do nothing with this stuff. He can't do nothing with this. He can't do anything with this. And you want this to be what? Bring it to me. Because I'm going to turn what you've got into what it's not. Oh, I got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch. And like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.